Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Everybody's listening. Sorry. When I started to study um, for accountancy, when I went into the classroom, the lecture room, I said, please, Lord, I do not want to be like any of these guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, lovely Claire Horsley over there, the very brown Claire Horsley over there, fresh back from her camping weekend. And how was it? Did you get blown away? Fresh. Uh, it was fresh. <laughs> it was the first night. Yeah, the first night. Uh, we didn't get blown away, thankfully. Uh, I did have visions that I'd wake up the following morning uh, without a tent above my head, to looking at the blue sky. But yeah, we didn't get blown away, but it was gale force. Gale force winds the first night, so definitely not for the faint-hearted. I don't think you can go on a camping trip, certainly as a newbie, without a little bit of rough weather, just so you, you, know, you get the light and the shade. Well, I mean, it keeps you on your toes. Um, yeah, there was it. My friends had they they nailed off their tent next to us, uh, so uh, that was that was a little bit hairy. But no, apart from that, we had glorious sunshine, and yeah, I'm very proud to be sporting a natural tan and not my usual fake bake. <laughs> so every week on the show, we invite an industry expert or a business leader onto the show to give us some essential insights into this week's topic and teach us things we never really knew. Now, potentially, Claire, this could be a boring topic, couldn't it? It certainly could. So the question we're asking today is how do you keep the tax man happy? And more importantly, we're delving into things like how to turn a sole trader business into a limited company, how to take their next step, things to consider. And, um, well, you loved this guy, didn't you? Andrew Crawford brought so much fun to a subject that is really, quite frankly, a bit boring. <laughs> so he was really, really funny. And uh, we, we asked him loads of questions and he came back with some brilliant answers. Yeah, let's find out about how to keep the tax man happy with Andrew Crawford. This is the Big Little Business Show. I remember I wanted to earn a bit more money. So I went to every single accountancy agency in London and in the city. I walked out two pairs of shoes, going around from um, uh, agency to agency, looking for a particular level of income. And everyone was saying, hey, no, sorry, mate, you haven't got enough experience. Or, ooh, you haven't got enough qualifications, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I found something around the corner which suited me, which was more, you know, I earned more than I was looking for. Anyways, there for seven years, moved from there, started a marketing company in Arzaworth. I became a national jump in my car, go anywhere. You know, once you've got a car, you've got petrol, you got a little drink in your car, you know, Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull and a bit of water. <laughs> You're good to go, you know what I mean? So we're talking about what we're talking today about ways to keep the tax man happy because if you're a small business, we tend to sort of brush the accountancy side under the carpet a little bit and pretend that it'll sort itself out. But you really do need to have a handle on it. I guess there are lots of ways you can do it which make it much more complicated than it needs to be, right? What it is, it's becoming it's becoming e- an easier process to keep the figures, so to speak, because we're all these software. Before it was abacuses and all these ledger books and stuff like that. But now it's, now it's just software, but it's still manual. You still have to input it. You still have to reconcile your bank statements and stuff like that. Recon- sorry, mate, sorry, guys. You have to, to to balance it to make sure whatever you put in is is what you actually 
um, said it is on your tax return. Hmm. Is there any um, any tips that maybe you could share with us? You talked about uh, recording, you know, the figures um, and making sure, obviously, that you're running an ethical business. Are there any uh, systems or any processes that you could suggest that people could use to effectively do that? What I say is try and keep on top of it on a monthly basis because that at the end of the year when you have to do your tax returns, people just cobble it together in one month or one week, something like that. Or they just put uh, keep all the receipts and stuff in a box and they send it up to you in a package. That's no good for the accountant or bookkeeper. It's just to get into the habit of doing everything on a monthly basis, which will help at the end of year when you're trying to sort out what tax you need to pay. It's like a process. Accounting, unfortunately, in tax and tax returns is not seen as a priority in people's business. If people can take it a bit more seriously, please, folks, especially now that in the revenue have got to claw back all the money that they have furloughing and, and grants and stuff like that. They are now going to be going for blood after the 31st of, of, of um, January next year. With accounting, I totally get what you're saying, how important it is, because you could quite easily fall over, whether you're starting out for the first time or even if you've been running a business for several years, you could quite easily fall over uh, on your finances. Easy. Yes, easy. I mean, some people, have, um, they, don't, they don't know about cash flow. They don't know about forecasting. They spend everything they've got. Um, I say to people, listen, have a separate bank account for like your tax. So that at the end of the year, if anything comes forward, you've got some savings there so that, you know, you could, you know, you could pay that. Um, and as a sole trader, unfortunately, these people have to pay advanced tax called a payment. It's called a payment on account. So they have to pay next year's tax this year. So therefore, that's going to eat into their cash flow, as opposed to a companies who obviously just pays, you know, the, on the profits. Sole traders also have to, <laughs> they've got to pay national cl- national insurance class two and national class, f- um, class four. And I always say to people, that is a secret, like a slight hidden tax. They always forget about that tax. It just creeps up on you on on the year end. I mean, it's it's an additional 9% over a certain threshold that in addition to the tax that you pay. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually, because also, I mean, I look at mine mine frequently, um, but also I'm always concentrating on how much it actually costs me to run my business each month and then forecast that and then take that out of my my, my profit, so the cash flow that you're talking about. Oh, indeed, young lady. Yes, I know. Are you impressed? When I'm when I'm talking to businesses with what, what I do for work, I'm always saying that. Do you know how much it costs your business to run, and then to try to get ahead of yourself for you know three months, six months, nine months before you start looking at the profits? Because I've seen so many people who are caught out, as you've just mentioned, at the last minute, and all of a sudden, actually don't know where their business is heading. But then to me, I think, well, if you know that, then that, surely that's a good thing, right? <laughs> if you know what inf- what input you're putting in your business and effectively what you're getting back out from it. I'm a detailed person. It sounds like it as well. <laughs> 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 I cash flow forecast. Shall I take All right. Everybody's listening. Sorry. When I started to study um, for accountancy, when I went into the classroom, the lecture rooms, I said, please, Lord, I do not want to be like any of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. There's some great accountants in this, but there are some grey coated guys. Yeah, there are some who love to quote legislation and all that kind of stuff. And just like you said, the forecasting cash flows and stuff. The normal man on the street don't want to know that. I'm going to say, listen, savings, what you got in your back pocket, under your, your sock drawer, under your mattress, you know, that, you know, that stuff there. They want to know the layman's terms. Now, you touched on something that I think we ought to pick up on, which I think is um, a really big question which we wanted to ask, um, is the difference between being a sole trader and at which point you feel it's appropriate to switch to being a limited company. I was a sole trader for years, and it, when I switched up to a limited company, it just, for me, it made life so much easier to do. Do you think one is less complicated than the other or more complicated? What, what are your viewpoints on that? Okay, so from a, a sole trader's point of view, that's the easiest to set up. So that's one of the difference. You could just start straight away, just register as a sole trader, and bam, you're in business straight, you know, you're in business. You pay, you, you get your income, you, you pay out your expenses. Simple, yeah? Now, because there's no protection, that's why it's, it's nice and easy to start, yeah? As opposed to the limited company where it's it's now, you're, you're under this compliance and the Finance Act. Sorry, I thought I, I wasn't going to drop it in here. You, dro- <laughs> you dropped that money <laughs> by mistake, didn't you? <laughs> you know, the restrictions and regulations, yeah? You have to do this by then, do this by then, you have to, you know... Sometimes you can still be a sole trader and register a company so that somebody could, that you could protect your name. Yeah. That's one of the things I say to people. If you want to stay, remain a sole trader and you still like that name that you use, register the limited company and just let the limited company be dormant yeah, to protect that name. Uh, another one is tax rates. I look at tax rates. Um, once you reach a certain level of income for sole trader, where you're pushing into the 40% tax bracket, then it's time to actually move over to a limited company. Oh, okay. So you have, have a, an earning ceiling, and at that point, it would be much more uh, beneficial financially for you to set yourself up as a limited company. And what's the ceiling? You said it was forty percent. Right. Once you're touching forty percent, or or the the payment on account and the tax is quite you know is quite crippling. Yeah, because you can you can be in the twenty percent bracket, but still be paying seven, five, six, seven grand tax because. You have to pay the payment on account. Yeah. Mm. So once the tax becomes uncomfortable to pay, because I've got some clients who don't mind paying the tax, because once you go limited, there's so much stuff to do. Yeah. So it's going to cost a little bit more money as opposed to sole trader, which is just a simple tax return at the end of the year. So with regards to logging the the information, so um, the timings are they different if you're a sole trader or a limited company, and the regularity of you. You know, recording that data. Right, as a sole trader, um, your your year your year starts from the sixth of April through to the following fifth of April. So anything, any income and expenditure from in between that period is what you're going to be um, logging. You, you know, on your tax return. At any point of time, a sole trader could start at any time of the year. So therefore, you might have a short um, financial mm-hmm. or a, a longer one. What I tell people to do is whenever you start in the just start at the finish at your first year on the 5th of April. That makes it nice and clean. With a limited company now, it's, it's as and when you start your company. They just, if you start it in, uh, say, September, you get a full 12, you get the 12 months. 
Yes, if you start in December, you get 12 months. So your year end will be November. So you can essentially choose when you start, can't you? You can choose when you start, definitely, yeah. Are there advantages to doing it at different times of the year rather than doing it in April? What, what, what would you recommend? Not as a limited company, because basically you're, you're, the, the reason to start a company is because of the lower tax rates. Mm. Um, so it doesn't matter when you start now, there's no, there's no benefit of... Um, lower tax rates. Unless, of course, what happened this year... Oh, oh gosh, sorry. This is the boring part, guys, yeah. Say, say it fast. No one will notice. <laughs> right? The budget said that the corporate and tax rates were going to be 17%, go down to 17%, right? When I did the new one, um, somebody's year-end finished, I put in 17%, blah, blah, blah. It rejected. And it was just kept rejecting. I said, my figures are right, for goodness sakes. Anyway... When I checked, they reversed it again because of this, the CV-19. They reversed it again back to 19. So there was no benefit for that company. If you're new uh, and any new tax rates are going to operate from the 1st of April. So six months could have been at 19% and then six months could have been at 17%. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once you cross that barrier yeah, from the 1st of April through to the 31st of March, once, you, once new, new tax rates kick in, then there's a benefit. But unfortunately, this year, there's no benefit. Yeah? So your year end can finish any time. Yeah, so I was going to say, I imagine with the, with the COVID-19, the situation where we're speaking at the moment, it must be so challenging for businesses to, with, with different things going on or company bank loans and overdrafts. Um, I I'm, I'm, might be wrong, but I'm sure that's creating and causing some added pressure and confusion. What's happening here, people, the sole traders who have just received their uh, grants. Grant, that was the word I was looking for. Grants, Thank you. The grants. And the, the the second lot of grant is now available now from the 1st of August. That income that they're getting forms part of their income for that year. Mm. So effectively, what's happening, you're going to eat out your personal allowance. Just quickly explain what that personal allowance means and how that works if you're a sole trader. As a sole trader, the personal allowance is the um, the tax-free amount that you can actually get for the for that particular year. What they said is this grant forms part part of your income. What that means is that it's going to eat into your personal allowance. Gotcha. Yeah? Of, um, so whatever you get, three and a half, four and a half, take that from the 12 and a half. You, you mentioned about the differences in regard to uh, accounting. From an accounting standpoint, it's a lot more complicated if you're a limited company than a sole trader. So would you at that point suggest people uh, have help to do that and hire an accountant like yourself to do it or uh, is it possible to do it on your own accountants out there this is where you're going to earn your money yeah (laughs) 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 get what is called limited get an accountant to do it because they are trained in that area and i guess as well on top of that andrew you're on top of the changes and at the moment we know there are a lot of changes whereas someone who's running a business and maybe doing their uh, accounts on top of that yeah they're not going to be keeping abreast of what's going on this is this is what i'm saying i mean we have to do our cpds continual professional development Mm. in order to keep your certificate we have to do continual professional development um so we have to be up updated all the time yeah um so if somebody's in their first 12 months of business or maybe looking to review their account situation can you share any of your maybe top three tips as to what they need to be concentrating on in order to run their account successfully apart from obviously hiring a fantastic accountant (laughs) 
That's the first thing you look at. Yeah, the first thing you list, hire somebody who can do it for you. In fact, when I'm selecting clients, I like, I like to meet them to look in their eye, to, you know I mean, to see if we can get on. The accountant's going to know everything about you, yeah? You have to get on with that accountant. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because, I mean, in business as well, when you trust people and you can build up that rapport with them, you're, you're going to have a much more effective professional relationship, definitely. And it's a long-term relationship, Andrew, isn't it? You're going to... I'm, I'm guessing you've got clients that you've had for many, many years and the longer you work with a client as an accountant, the more you understand how their business works and the better you can serve them, I guess. Absolutely. I have got clients... There's some of these clients I've never seen, right? But we get on well. And, and I'm sure that when we meet face to face, we're going to have a party. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sure you are. I know my clients backwards, you know, back to front kind of thing. I know this one's going to be late, that one's going to be late. So you make amends for them and you, you're flexible. So you, be, you actually know, you, you know them, you know, you know what, what makes them tick. Your accountant is part of your, your business team. Once you go to the big boy status, when you go to a company, watch out for the seven deadly taxes. And people go, oh, seven deadly taxes. Oh, I'd like this. Ooh, what are the seven deadly taxes? The seven deadly taxes, one, income tax. Right? You're going to be faced to, with income tax once you go to a company. Yeah? Uh, likewise with a sole trader. Yeah? Then you've got national insurance tax, which is the NRC. Yeah? Then you've got your um, corporation tax, which is tax on on your, your, your company. Then if you've got assets, you've got capital gains tax yeah, on, on sale of shares or property and stuff like that. Then if you go over eight odd grand, boom, VAT, value added tax. Then when you sell any, um, uh, buy any property, whatever, you've got stamp duty land tax. Don't forget that when you die, you haven't escaped. You've got the inheritance tax. So you've got all these seven taxes you're going to be exposed to as a business and or um, sometimes as a sole trader if you're if you're going to stick stick that long um, with the sole trader status there are people and I said there's uh, an opportunity with this CV19 um, a lot of limited companies are going down the pan I saw that there's a lot of grants still going around and the government talking about obesity they talk about mental health they're talking about um, suicides and they're giving money for that now in order to dip into that kind of money you can you as an individual can set up a, a crc um, in your area which is a community community interest company and apply for some of that grant so if you're not getting any money through your limited company set up a crc and then apply for some of that grant because it's going to be free money Mm. Oh, this is really interesting stuff, Andrew. You talked about the, you know, the seven deadly taxes there uh, and, and things that you need to be aware of if you decide to switch from a sole trader to a limited company. It's made a massive difference to me. And I've had an accountant for probably about 20 years. The only reason it's not you, Andrew, is we didn't meet up soon enough, mate. That's, that's, <laughs> don't, don't take offence. Uh, but anyway, um, it, it, it was a great transition for me. There are lots of benefits to being a limited company too, aren't there? Yeah, the most important thing, because I always come from it from a tax angle, and um, the tax, you know, 19% or 40% or 45%, there's a big difference. There's more things you can do with a limited company than you could do with a sole trader. When you set up a limited company, remember, even though, even though you are the director and or the sole shareholder, 
you are separate legal entities. You as an individual can transact with your limited company, even though you own the, you, you're the shareholder and or you work as the director. What that means in practice is that you can lend to your company, you can borrow from your company, you can do stuff at arm's length. Mm. So there's like an agreement in between. I could borrow 50 grand from my company if I wanted to. And, oh, here's one for you, Paul. I could borrow 50 grand from my company and my company can say, yep, repayable in 100 years' time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's an important thing that you've mentioned there is to, to think of it as two separate entities. Your company pays you a wage, doesn't it? Uh, rather than it all being lumped up into one thing, which I think can help a lot of people. Yes. Um, as, as a company, if you imagine this now, um, sole traders, there's no protection. Whatever you earn, you're going to be paying tax on. As a, as a limited company, you're going to, your limited company will pay you wages. Yeah. Yes, you're going to be taxed at source on that. So you're going to have to just suck that up. Yeah. But then it could also pay you bonuses. Yeah. The bonus could be anything. They can say, listen, Paul, you've worked very well for this company. We like the way you do it. We like the way that you've got that geezer on the AJC guy uh, to, to interview him. Here is an extra 20 grand. Yeah. Then as a shareholder, remember the shareholders are the ones that own the company. As a shareholder, you could then take dividends at the other end. Yeah. So once the corporation tax is paid for each year, you can take a dividend on the back of that. Mm. And, and dividends are taxed at, you know, at 7.5% and 32.5%. So depending on how much you take. I think the most important thing that we've got out of this whole conversation is because going to a limited company is um, a lot more complicated from an accounting standpoint, it is so much better to get advice from someone like you uh, who is on top of the game and in touch with all the changes happening. And therefore, even though you have to pay an accountant to do the job for, for you, you really don't notice it because it's an expense, isn't it? It's a legitimate business expense. So your your accountant or tax advisor or whatever is going to advise you. Yes, they'll charge some good money, but then they'll save you the money. They'll save you the tax. You're paying a third party. And if you could get that money out as a bonus, as a loan, as a direct, as dividends and as a salary, why are you giving it to the man in blue? You've given us so much good information there. And that really has... Um, it. It's, it's, it's funny when you talk to an accountant who is clearly passionate about what they do, which is, yeah, which is you, and while it answers some questions, it does open up other questions too. Uh, and it is a conversation that when it's not boring, it can actually lead to lots of other questions. And can actually, yeah, we could talk to you for another hour about this because it's a fascinating subject. It's an, it's an in-depth subject and you quite clearly know what you're talking about. Um, but, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're passing all that information on in a way that's not boring. Oh, is that? Husband laughs so much under the topic of accounts ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Brilliant advice there. So uh, what we always do at the end of each interview is we ask some questions which are inspired by the US TV show Inside the Actors Studio. Uh, they're just for a bit of fun, but we'd like to uh, just ask you a few questions if that's okay, Andrew. So, what's your favourite smell? Pink paraffin. (laughs) 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 I really was not expecting that. Pink paraffin, when I was a little kid, we used to have an oil burner, didn't we? So, 
we used to ask to go down to the paraffin shop. Yeah, the, the shop, the shop where you get pink paraffins to put into the heater. And that's a beautiful smell. It's like, oh, it's just like petrol. Yeah. I don't even know what this smells like. Oh, <laughs> paraffin, if you're at my age, you know. I don't think I'm going to just go off and sniff some paraffin. I'm going to go and get me some pink paraffin just to see where Andrew's coming from. Add it to my Sainsbury's delivery. Okay, se- second question. What what what's your favourite biscuit? Oh, now you got me. Then you know what? This is really interesting because whenever we've, we've interviewed some people from the US, who haven't got a clue what a biscuit is. But we've also interviewed lots of people who would say, "Oh, I don't normally eat biscuits." No, don't lie. You so eat biscuits. Right. Okay. I've got three. Yeah, got three. Gary Baldy's. I like Gary Baldy's. Oh yes, I love Gary Baldy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my mum. My mum calls them dead fly biscuits. Yes. yes. Biscuits. And then second one, Farley's Ross. <laughs> no. As a young kid, we used to get these a thing called a box of broken biscuits. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, what it was, you used to be able to buy a box of broken biscuits. So somebody must have said uh, on a production line, said, look at all these bloody broken biscuits. We can't put them in a package. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, we could just gather them all together and put them in a box and sell them. So that's what, I, again, this is an old thing. It's, it was a, a box of broken biscuits. <laughs> okay, um, what about the most uh, famous person you've ever met, Andrew? My brother, uh, I'm going to have to plug in Miles Crawford, Miles Crawford, is a, like an a alternative comedian kind of guy. Um, he, he does lots of shows around, around the world and around the UK. But on this particular one, his agent said, listen, um, there's a particular singer wants to have a, a warmer pact different from another act. You know, they usually put a band on. Yeah. So they chose my brother. And at the time, I was around, my brother said, do you want to come on as well? I said, yes. So we went to Wembley, Wembley. And I was at the back, went in the back, and it was Luther Van Drost. Hi, Luther. No. So do you not know at this point it was going to be Luther? No, I, I, oh, did I, did I? I can't remember. All I remember is at the back, it, I went there, we had lunch together, Luther said, eat me, yeah, and blah, blah. Hey, listen, Paul, you like this. <laughs> at, the time, at the time, I had this um, pink and black lycra leggings. And <laughs> at the top, he had, Matt, you're looking mighty fine in that. You know, like that, and I had a leather top on. And yeah, we um, we supported him on on that tour. On we we were the warm up act. That's amazing. I think that probably wins the award. We've had some really good answers to that question, but uh, yeah, that I mean that's 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 up there. I've still got the vision of the lycra <laughs> lycra trousers in my I, mind. I, I really, I was really going to hope you weren't going to bring that up again, Claire, because it's it's all right. <laughs> I can't even shut my eyes. <laughs> right, final final question before we finish. Um, if heaven exists, Andrew, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome home, mother sucker. Where you been? <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Andrew, it's been so entertaining and so interesting. We've had so many uh, really interesting tips. I hope it's helped people think a little bit differently about how they run their business and, and how they how they want to scale up their business. If they're thinking that maybe they're at that point, at that turning point when uh, they might want to uh, dip into the limited uh, limited company um, avenue. So really, really grateful for that, Andrew. So if people would like to get in touch with you, Andrew, how can they find you? They can find me. There's a various amount of places. One of them, the first one, there's um, www.andrewjamescrawford.com. Mm-hmm. Andrewjamescrawford.com. Also, zlogg.com. 
www.bigfootpro.co.uk. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Do you feel like you need to go and find out what blue paraffin smells like now? I thought it was pink paraffin. Oh, pink, yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> Does it really matter, though, what colour the paraffin is? It's a wrong answer. <laughs> no, it's a wrong answer. Not that it smells massively different, is it? One does not smell like flowers, let's be honest. I, I can't say I've got a desire to go out and actually purchase some. No, I think I will just go with uh, not knowing. I love that comment you came out about putting it on your Sainsbury's order. I know, I know. Well, I've never smelled it before, but I have, that was absolutely hilarious. What an answer. But joking aside, uh, there's a guy who really knows what he's talking about and really understands the, uh, the problems and the frustrations people have. And also he understands why it's a topic that people don't don't really like to talk about. Yeah, he recognised that. You know, he recognises uh, the, the importance. I mean, it is a really important subject, but at the same time, it just proves that it still can be fun. And I haven't laughed as much talking about accounts ever. <laughs> I know. It just, you wouldn't think accounts and humour would go anywhere near one another, but different. we've proven differently today. Yeah, we are. It was a bit where, where we were talking about, I look at them in the eye. <laughs> my new clients to see if there's a connection go and uh, check him out on uh, on social media uh, or go and check him out on our page because there'll be a picture of him up this week uh, and you'll see um, he is a larger than life life character in, in many ways and uh, yeah him looking at you in the eye might be a little bit scary but <laughs> I know and the trouble is I can't get rid of the, the pink lycra trousers out my mind either so putting those two together yeah Yeah, I really wish you hadn't brought that up again okay so each week uh, we like to give a shout out uh, to one of the businesses who have made contact with us on social media so who are we talking about this week Paul so I think I'm going to have real problems pronouncing this one I'm going to have a go go for it Uh, his name is Lenny Richardson but his website is lenny-richardson.weshirt.com that's W. E-I-C-H-E-R-T. I really don't think that's the way you pronounce it. But anyway, Lenny's a real estate advisor. He comes from Ashburn, which is just outside Washington in uh, Virginia. He came and found us on uh, Instagram, uh, at Big Little Business Show. Uh, he came on, he's been listening to the show. He came and said hi, and uh, we had a right good old chat. So I said we'd big him up and give him a bit of a mention. So you can go and find him on uh, Instagram at... Again, pronunciation is going to be a struggle. Uh, Leviti... No, can't pronounce that. It's L-E-V-I-T-I-C-U-S-R-I-C-H. How do you pronounce that? You know how dire my general knowledge is. Don't ask me. I can Google it for you. Leviticusrich... Uh, I'm going to go with that. So if you would like us to give you a shout-out, you can find us at Big Little Business Show or an Instagram and you never know, it could be you. So that pretty much does it for this week. Come and find us on Instagram, as Claire mentioned, or follow us on LinkedIn or facebook.com slash Show, and you can see all the notes uh, and some really important uh, links and resources that Andrew has shared with us uh, by going to our website and looking at uh, the episode page at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. Whatever uh, platform you're using to listen to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe so you get uh, future episodes direct into your phone and uh, don't forget to comment as well leave us a little review because that bigs us up in podcast land and that will be fantastic and until next week that's us done say goodbye Claire bye the beat you've been listening to the big little business show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes Spotify TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show.
The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.